Hi guys, welcome to Library Overload. This is Tavia. And this is Susie. Don't forget to go check out our blog where we post all of the books that we talk about and some other pictures and things. And that is just libraryoverload.home.blog. And then also check us out on Instagram. We're a little more interactive and we are just Library Overload there. All right, guys, we are going to continue in our No Rules November after what has been the longest week of the year for our American listeners. Absolutely. The longest week ever. Um, So obviously we didn't get too much reading done, but we do have some good ones to talk about. So Tavia, do you want to start us off? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was was a garbage reading week just because... I was glued to the TV the whole the whole week. I even like fell asleep with it on and and it was just yeah. But anyway, I started out with a book that I have been begging you to buddy read with me for quite some time. <laughs> and you simply refuse because you apparently hate fun. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yes. Um and that is Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine by Gail Honeyman. It was really, really good. I think you're missing out. <laughs> I was just told by someone a couple of years ago that it was, it really stressed her out. And I was like, oh, well, then I don't want to be stressed out. Yeah. I, I can get where it would be stressful, I guess, for some people. I, I didn't feel like it was stressful. So it's about Eleanor Oliphant. It was, it's set in Scotland and Glasgow. And so I always, I thought that was fun. The British humor is just fantastic. <laughs> And um, it's about Eleanor Oliphant, and she's very quirky. She, you know, is abysmal at social skills. (laughs) She decides to go to a Starbucks one day, and they ask for her name, and she is just, like, flabbergasted. She's like, I I want to remain anonymous. I don't want to give my information to you. Like, just, you know. That's hysterical. I have to put your name on the cup. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, you know, she has terrible social skills. And you would think that it was some sort of, like, Asperger's or autism or something, but it's not. She actually had a trauma in her past that she went through some foster homes and things. And so she's just been very alone. She talks about, at the beginning of the novel, that she has had no one in her apartment in the past 12 months. Except for a service person. Wow. So she, she's just kind of, you know, her own little self. She does her own little thing. She works in an office, and she doesn't think about doing anything else. And then one day, she's outside of the office. They're leaving to go home for a day. And the new IT guy that just started, Raymond, who is kind of like the antithesis of her in every way. He's kind of like, she, she thinks he's bumbling. He talks in, like, LOLs and, you know... Uh, spells things like see you later like the letters oh no so it drives her crazy (laughs) um and she's like how can he be the it person (laughs) but so they're outside and a guy has a heart attack on the sidewalk and they save him together like they he calls 911 and she stays with him and so it kind of brings them together on this journey and they kind of save each other because raymond had he's lost his dad he has 
kind of a bit of a heartache uh, divorce that he's been going through. And so they, they kind of, you know, save each other. And it's, it's just really, it's good. It's hilarious. It made me laugh. Uh, it definitely made me cry because Eleanor kind of comes to terms with what happened in her past. And we work through the trauma with her, but we don't really find out what it was till the end of the book. And it's kind of like a crazy twisty type thing. And so um, I, I can see how I guess that part would be stressful. But I just, I don't know. I thought it was great. It was, you know, British humor. Always fantastic. Always. Um, so, I mean, you know, it made me feel all of the things. So I thought it was just fantastic. That's great. And you suck for not wanting to read it. Oh, shut up. You suck and your face sucks. <laughs> your butt sucks. <laughs> okay, speaking of British humor, I've got a book that has been everywhere recently. Uh, this is Boyfriend's Material by Alexis Hall. So, number one, we've got a British romance, which is always going to be our favorite. Mm -hmm. um, but then this time it is two lovely gentlemen, one of which is just a wreck. An absolute wreck. So, we've got Luke and we've got Oliver. They both need a boyfriend to take to events that they've got coming up soon. Luke's life is a hot mess. His parents are 80s rockers, and his father ended up walking out on them when he was three years old, never to be heard from again. But he's still on television and putting out albums. That's fun. And then, yeah, he's great. And so Luke has photographed walking out of a club, tripping, falling, and landing in a gutter. And that is how he's photographed. <laughs> and his boss is like, and so they've his nonprofit organization, which he works with, for saving the dung beetles. This is <laughs> Yeah, the dung beetles. It's hilarious. But people start dropping out of the upcoming fundraising event. And so he has to kind of get his life in order and all of that. So he needs a fake boyfriend to kind of make him look good. And then we have Oliver. Oliver is very much a buttoned-up, starchy collared shirt kind of guy he's a barrister he's very passionate about i his love the job. word barrister yeah it's, it's so much a good fun. word it's so much better than lawyer um yeah. and he's just he's just like you said he's just the antithesis of luke um they're complete polar opposites but they need someone else to take to events coming up and it's just really Dung beetle really, events. Dung beetle events and then a party it, um, for Oliver's parents. And it's just, it's so, it was so funny. It's got that humor that we love. My only issue with it was that it just really kind of kept beating in the fact that Luke was a mess. Luke was, um, struggled with parties. Luke is kind of irresponsible Luke is very messy like it was just over and over and over again and Turned I would have loved it. yeah I really would have loved for that to have been toned down a little bit like I got it at the mm -hmm. very beginning like I I was there I read it um so that kind of bugs like me they recapped bit. it in every chapter yeah it was like do you remember the last chapter when we said his house was a wreck like it's still a wreck 
don't forget. So that was that was a little bit um, a little bit annoying, but the story itself was lovely. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad I I picked it up. That's good. Yeah, I'm I really glad that you like that. That, sa- that name sounds very familiar. What else has Alexis Hall written? Nothing that I've heard about. Hmm. Um, the affair of the mysterious letter, perhaps. No, I don't know that that name just seemed very familiar. Yeah, nothing that I I have heard about. Um, but I don't I don't know if you have. I do know a lot more things than you, so it's possible. You know a lot of crap. <laughs> this is true. Although we were at dinner with my parents tonight, and I said something uh, was in ancient Greece, and my dad corrected me about it being Rome. So, you know, it God, happens y'all to me are too. Nerds. We really are. Yeah, but, you know, it happened. My dad's birthday was yesterday, so happy birthday to daddy. Happy birthday, dad. He got a good birthday present. Yay! Yay. <laughs> but I'm glad that you enjoyed it other than the, you know, repetitiveness. Yeah, and it. I mean, even with that, I, I still enjoyed it, so it yeah. was okay. That's good. Well, speaking of gay romance, I am very, very excited because I have been approved to read an advanced reader copy of One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. So who is the author of Red, White, and Royal Blue. I'm so mad and about it. I am also delighted that Susie is mad about it. I'm going to so- be mad about it for years. So <laughs> you can just delight for the years I to come. I am so excited. This is her sophomore book. And I just cannot wait to get started. So upcoming review, you guys. Please wait on pins and needles, okay? Because, <laughs> you know, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be... About these two women that meet. And I'm very, very excited. Ugh. Did I mention that I'm mad? Because I'm You like, did. And it, it really helps my enthusiasm. <laughs> You're so jealous about it. <laughs> so rude of you. <laughs> well, you know, our friend Caitlin got approved to read uh, an advanced copy of Kingdom of the Wicked. Or Kingdom of... Is that what it is? Kingdom of the Wicked? I think so. By Carrie Maniscalco, who did the Stalking Jack the Ripper series that we all loved. Um, so I was very salty about that, if it makes you feel any better, because I was turned down for it. Well, only a little bit, just because the cover of the book has a snake, and I'm, like, legit terrified of snakes, like, worst fear kind of thing. And I don't know how I'm going to read it. I'm going to have to, like, have Chris put a bag over the cover of it, or, like, You could get the hard copy and, and have him remove the dust the- jacket. Before you read it, that could work. It's just, it's just or, I'm gonna have or, a heart attack. Or every you could just time. grow up and, you know. You I'm know, just kidding. I have Daniel I, kill the spiders. I could do this podcast with someone else. <laughs> I don't think you could. I, mean, I my could banter kill is you right now. <laughs> my banter is irreplaceable. I don't think you could do it. <laughs> All I, I have to do is find killer. someone that's always excited. <laughs> So excited. <laughs> you guys, I promise I don't have this much enthusiasm in my real life. I swear. I save it all for you. <laughs> all right. What's your next book? Okay. So, I'm very excited. It was a rough read. It was a rough reading week. So, kind of last minute, I grabbed one of Carrie Fisher's memoirs. 
She has, I think, four. Four of her eight books. This woman has written eight books. I had no clue that she had written that many books. But this is Wishful Drinking. It was published in 2008. And it's kind of a, a tell-all a little bit. But it came about because she decided to try the very controversial and kind of weird, you know, that most people think very inhumane, uh, electroshock therapy. Mm. And one of the side effects of this is memory loss, which is kind of, <laughs> kind of crazy that you go through it anyway. But I did a little bit of digging on it, and apparently it is, even though it's very stigmatized, especially in the media, it is actually helpful for people with bipolar, uh, severe manic depression, things like that. So she, she goes and does this, and she starts having memory loss. So she has this stand-up show, Wishful Drinking, and she kind of starts forgetting things for the show. So she starts writing them down so she doesn't forget them. And that's where this memoir came from. And it's quite short. I think it's only 170 pages or so. But it was hysterical. I mean, Carrie Fisher is just, I mean... I, I didn't know a lot about her early life or, you know, what happened around the Star Wars time or whatever. But kind of like the angry feminist, Carrie, I, I was here for it all day. Like mm-hmm. that quote of hers, um, I'm not as uh, compliant as you would want a woman to be. <laughs> I love it. That's the way I, I strive to live my life. <laughs> um, but she talks about... Uh, she calls she calls herself the product of Hollywood inbreeding, which <laughs> is just hysterical. But sounds dad, just like her. Yeah, yeah. Um, her humor and her sarcasm was on point from start to finish. It was hysterical, and I listened to this as an audiobook, and she read it, so it was oh. magnificent. Oh, love that. Yeah, love me an audiobook with a celebrity in it. Um, so she talks about, you know, growing up being the, the the daughter of Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher and her dad cheating on her mom with Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> and so, like, Eddie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds were best friends with Elizabeth Taylor and this husband that she was with at the time. I actually don't remember his name, but he, he ends up dying in a plane crash. And Gary says, and my dad immediately rushed to her side. And promptly moved around to her front. (laughs) Um, And so he's very seldom in the picture after that. But it kind of, I guess, leaves her with a whole host of of issues. She does actually this whole chart at one point because her daughter, Billy, is trying to decide if she can date the grandson of Elizabeth Taylor. And she's like, are we related at all? Oh my god! Big chart that's hysterical, and so just her explaining that is hilarious. But I also didn't know that she was married to Paul Simon. No clue. Didn't know that. Yeah. So they 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 dated. They got married. They got divorced, and then they dated again. So that was fun. (laughs) And she she goes through several of his lyrics that are apparently about her. And obviously has something smart aleck to say about every one of them. And it's, I'm, I'm here for it. Sure. And then she's with Billy Lord's dad. I forget what his first name is. Brian or Ryan or something like that. But apparently after she has their baby, he tells her that he's gay. 
she's like, you know, that's fantastic. It's a great thing to hear about your husband or, you know. Sure. <laughs> so he leaves her for a man. And she's like, you know, he's the guy that got the guy that got away. <laughs> um, but then she also talks about Debbie Reynolds and her, like, her accent. So she's actually from Texas. And she said, but you, you never could tell it because she had so many, like, elocution and and voice lessons and things like that over the years. So she talks in that, like, almost a British, like, darling mm-hmm. accent, you know, like, really no accent, but almost leaning towards American British something. Yeah, it's it's not an accent that anyone other than the Hollywood starlets of that time had. Yeah. Maybe uh, they all went to the same voice teacher. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe they did. But she said that her mother would call her and she'd be like, darling to your mother debbie she's like that's <laughs> great because you know i was really confused as sure, if it was my sure. mother janet or you know <laughs> my word so that's you know fantastic she talked about that she talked about how towards when she was writing this book she said her mother must have been in a weird place because like when they were walking through the house she'd be like darling if you want this when i'm dead i'll put a sticker on it for you now <laughs> And she's like, no wonder I have problems. People are weird. Yeah. And so she also talked about like back in the 70s, 80s, when she was having kind of like all these drug and alcohol problems, her mom thought in her head, oh, well, I'll just call Cary Grant and he'll talk to her (laughs) instead of like, you know, I don't know, rehab or a counselor or anyone qualified really, uh, Debbie Reynolds decides it's Cary Grant. So she talks about multiple conversations she has with Cary Grant about her uh, drug and alcohol addiction. And that's kind of hilarious. And, and at one point she actually ends up in London in a hotel on like a bender or something. And her mom says that she, her mom's like, Oh, well I'll call Ava Gardner. She's over there. She can go like, you know, just completely off the wall stuff. Debbie but, was someone else, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was no love lost for her dad because at one point he marries one of the women. He has like four or five marriages himself, I think. And one of them is a, someone who's only like a couple of years older than her. And he says, she said he met her in Chinatown. And she, she said, I can totally understand because at this point he had had so many facelifts. He looked a bit Asian. So I can definitely understand her confusion. Lord. Yeah. So terrible. So terrible. So hysterical. But she also talks about how her daughter Billy was like the greatest thing she's ever done. Things like that. It's so, you know, it was just, it was hilarious and a bit sad. Especially now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just, I, I can't wait to go back and read some of her other stuff. Apparently, she wrote uh, postcards from the edge in 1987 or 89, somewhere in there. It was actually turned into a screenplay. She wrote the screenplay for it. And then Mike Nichols directed it. And it, it won an Oscar. So, that's nuts. I mean, yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, I had no idea that that happened. So she's just kind of, I don't know. She's everything I strive to be minus the drug and alcohol and sure. mental problems. <laughs> well, that's lovely. <laughs> Yeah, she's just, I don't know, she's just so sarcastic and, like, hilarious. Like, her coping mechanism of humor is is hysterical. So, Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did, yes. I want to go read all of the others. 
All right. Well, I'm going to really quickly rapid fire some books written by people that are about to be in office. So first one I'll mention is one that I've only talked about once, and it was in our very, very first episode of Library Overload. And this is called Tomorrow Will Be Different by Sarah McBride. Sarah McBride is a transgender woman that was just elected state senator of Delaware. Yay! (laughs) You go, girl! It is the highest elected transgendered person. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, I, so her book came out in 2018. I read it back then. And I've followed her ever since. She's always been in politics. So the book kind of follows her from her graduating from college. She was the editor-in-chief of her college newspaper. And that's how she came out as trans, was just writing an article in the newspaper. It's very Alexander Hamilton. It's so funny. But then, so she talks about... um, going through her transition and how her family handled it. The really neat thing about this too is the fact that the forward is written by Joe Biden. That's awesome. Um, Love it. And so it's just, it's so beautiful. It talks about her uh, meeting someone, having this beautiful, tragic relationship. And then it ends on a very hopeful note, you know, tomorrow will be different. And it's just so, so cool to see her now. Yeah. As newly elected as a Cause, senator. Cause like tomorrow was different. Tomorrow like, was different. Um, so beautiful. excited. So, so excited by uh, for her. Um, next we have Joe Biden has a couple of books. I want um, to read. Same. I have not read any books written by a president. Mm-hmm. So I would love to check his out. Yeah. So he's got one that I'm super interested in reading, which obviously is going to break my heart. But it's called Promise Me Dad, A Year of Hope, Hardship, and Purpose. No. This is <laughs> this is um, basically the final year that he has with his son, Bo, before he <sighs> passes away. Yeah. Um, I, I know. Like, it sounds awful. But also, I'm like, God, that sounds so good. I bet um, it would be very kind of cathartic, like a mm-hmm. like good cleansing cry. Yes. So it just, it sounds, it just sounds wonderful. Um, also Kamala Harris has a book that actually just came out, uh, 2019. Nice. This, this is called the truths we hold. And I don't know, is it just one of those things that like, if you are thinking like, yeah, I'm going to run for president now. Like, do you write a book first? Cause like Barack Obama had a book, uh, Joe Biden has a book, Donald Trump wrote books, but not about helping people. And so it's just like, do, do all of them? Right, books. I don't know. Like uh, Obama's book that I read, what he actually wrote when he was elected to the Harvard Law Review. So I don't know if he was being had any thoughts of being presidential at that point. So I, I, I don't know. He was the first black man elected to that, and that's when he wrote his book. So I, I, I don't know if it was a presidential aspiration, but I mean, these people have things to say, and that's pretty cool. Well, no, I mean, like, obviously, if you're wanting to run for president, like, you have ideas, you have things that are on the agenda. So, like, I love it. Joe Speaking, Biden has been through a lot. I mean, he's got a lot gosh. to write about. Yes, he has a lot to say, and I definitely would love to know more about it. But speaking of Barack Obama, I am insanely excited. He has a 768 page book coming out this month 
it is coming out November 17th. It's called A Promised Land. And y'all, when I heard about this, I I had just about screamed. So this (laughs) is going to... This is going to obviously tell his his own story of getting to the presidency, but it also goes through, like, his earliest political aspirations, um, and then the whole grassroots activism that got him elected mm-hmm. in 2008, his, his thoughts as he assembles his cabinet, and it's just kind of, it's going to talk about all eight years of his presidency and y'all know I love some tea. I love some, I love some behind the scenes stuff. So like, yes, give it to me. Like I am <laughs> so excited. I have heard you have this a lot book. of 700 page books on your, on your agenda. I know I need to read one. I need to start reading them <laughs> and they just keep piling up and I'm very stressed out. But yes, this one I have heard that this book is going to cost $45. Oh. Because it is almost 800 under 8 uh, almost 800 pages and then it's also a hardback and then also it was written by a former president. So like it's got a lot going for it. Yeah. So it is going to be expensive. But I need it because I need it to go next to my Michelle Obama book. Obviously. <laughs> they need to be together. But yes, very very excited about this one so excited I love to know kind of what happened in the White House in the Oval Office especially like Mm -hmm. I loved the books that I read about the goings-on with the first wives and everything yeah Um, you read the um first ladies yes loved it and I don't even like history but that was super cool so this is gonna be really neat to read Mm -hmm. very excited about it we're living history right now Yes, we are. Look around, look around. Oh, my gosh. Um, there is a Hamilton quote for just about everything, I think. Truly, truly there is. There also but, is a, a Big Bang Theory quote for about everything. That is also true. Um, but, guys, I need to sleep. I feel like I haven't slept in days. Yeah, I've. I, we, Susie and I both, we've just been watching, like, the news pretty much nonstop, like, I was even falling asleep to it, which I guess is sad, but <laughs> apparently I was going to wake up in the middle of the night and see something. I don't know. No, um, I kept waking up every few hours just on my own, just waking up to check yeah. like a crazy person. But I am so excited that I was watching the news when the announcement came out. Me too. I had like, just sat down with, with a snickety snack. Yeah, Tavia and I called each other and cried, and it was a beautiful day. It's going to be a beautiful 2021 as soon as COVID gets the hell out of here. We can Um, only go up, right? Exactly. So, yes, I hope that you guys are happy with how things have gone. If you are not, I am sorry that you are sad, but I'm very glad that we've got someone that can bring in some hope and some happiness and some joy yeah. into if so we many, many lives. we off with our liberalness yet, oh, I mean, they're probably <laughs> here for a while. I know. But, I mean, with the amount of stuff that we talk about regarding gay romance and Barack Obama, yeah. Michelle Obama, like, so sorry about you. <laughs> um, 
But yes, we are hella excited and so tired. I and am we promised to try to read over. more things this week. I know. <laughs> yeah, I need to read. I need to get some sleep and I need some water, y'all. I drank so much in celebration on Saturday. Like I still <laughs> am dying a little. So yeah. My I, I was very excited. I, I told you guys I get got to go trick-or-treating with my nephews. And P- Parker, the twins are seven. <laughs> and one time they run up to a house and he runs back and he jumps in the van and he says, man, I am so dehydrated. Like, <laughs> what kind of seven-year-old says this? It was I just... love it when kids say things that are hilariously adultish. Yeah. So funny. Hysterical. But yes, I am crazy dehydrated as well mm-hmm. so I have been pounding water all day <laughs> yeah we were actually afraid he was gonna ask one of the trick-or-treat houses for a drink he kept talking about being thirsty and we're like we promised to get you a drink as soon as we can we we like meant to take drinks because we knew they were going to be back there munching on their candy we just kind of left in a hurry and forgot about it <laughs> Man, I wish, I hope I get to do that, like, every year. Those kids were absolutely hysterical. Just their shenanigans. So. Have you picked your buddy read yet? No. Get your life together. Tavia, I have thought of nothing else except Joe Biden this past seven days. I don't even know why you're asking. And Kamala. And Kamala. Well, I'm going to keep asking. Keep asking. I'll I'll probably text you every 30 minutes from here until you pick. Did you pick? Did you pick? That'll yeah, go well for you, I promise. <laughs> well, at um, least I read Eleanor Oliphant and didn't make you read it. I mean, I would have read it if you had asked me to, but you kept giving no, me options. No, that is a lie from Satan, because I have asked you to read it several times, and you always no, say no. No, you have asked me, do you want to read this? And I say no. But if you said, this is my buddy read, I would have read it. There is a difference. Really. All right, guys. I hope you were able to focus and read more than we were, but I hope you had a wonderful, happy week. Yes. And we will talk to you guys again soon. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.